0: Well, last session, we spent a bit of time looking at the spirit-soul body, and I want to revisit that. It's important to know who you are and why you are a receptor for hearing God's voice. If you don't know who you are, you may wonder if you can hear God or why you don't hear God. So as we're looking for obstacles, uh, we... We want to be open to things that can block us, things that we can do that may help us hear from God, and also ways that we can cultivate or nurture the Spirit of God within us. One of the verses that uh, I spoke to you about, well, there are a number of verses, and we're going to cover some of them today. One of the verses, 2 Corinthians five seventeen. It says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away, behold, the new has come. I memorized that years ago. Old things are passed away, new things have come. So if anyone is in Christ, he or she becomes a new creature, new creation. What I'm trying to do with this model is to get us a template, a way to think about how your spirit, soul, and body interact so that you are better able to hear from God. It says that... Actually, how many know that verse? How many have heard that verse before? Virtually everyone in the room. But the way we live... And our experience tells us that many of us don't feel like a totally new creation. It's possible that if you had a salvation experience, and many people do, that for a few weeks, I've heard even up to six months, people say, it was like I was walking on a cloud. You feel like a whole new creature, a new creation. For most people, that's not necessarily their experience. So what has become new? You have the same habits, you live in the same house. What has become new if you're a new creature, a new creation? And I submit to you that your spirit has become new. For those of you who weren't here last week, I have done this essentially diagram, it's a metaphor, because we can't see the spirit and we can't see the soul. All you can see is the body. I have divided the spirit-soul-body essentially as if it were equal parts of your physical body. It's a representation, but it allows us to try to get our mind around what are we talking about that you're a new creature? Well, your spirit now, since you have... Ask Jesus, ask God to live within you. He says now that you are a new creature. You are 100% righteous. Most of us don't feel righteous, but 100% of your spirit now is, is. it's not just your spirit. You now share a spirit with Jesus. And we we looked at that, it was, First, in First Corinthians uh, chapter 6. But he who is in Christ is one spirit with him. So we are one spirit with Jesus, and it says that if we are in Christ, we are the righteousness of God in Christ. We are righteous as Jesus is righteous in our spirit. We are a new creation. In John chapter three, verse six, it says, that which is born of flesh is flesh, and that which is born of spirit is spirit. So John is differentiating, and as Jesus is walking around on earth, you recognize that not everyone understands what he's saying, because most of the time he's talking about things that are spiritual. We looked at 1 Corinthians chapter two, verses 12 to 16. It says, Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, that we may, might understand the things freely given to us by God. And we impart this in words not taught by human wisdom, but taught by the spirit, interpreting spiritual truths to those who who are spiritual. Verse 14 of 1 Corinthians 2. The natural person does not accept the things of the Spirit of God. And we mentioned that last week, that that word natural in the Greek is the term soulish. So it's contrasting the spiritual with what is happening in the soul. And we mentioned that the soul we think of as the mind, the will, sometimes we call it the heart, and the emotions. And I put the emotions here in the belly region because you have a lot of gut feelings. Your gut has a brain we say your heart also has a huge neurological network and they're discovering more and more about these things and it communicates with your brain with your mind so the question is if the natural man is the soulish in the Bible this is a negative term spiritual would be the positive you're hearing something From God, you receive, you're 100% connected with God. A soulish person is driven by the mind, by the will, and by the emotions. And what is happening, or what the life with Christ is supposed to be like, and why we are listening to God, is that as we talk about the words of God, as we hear the stories of God, as we meditate on these scriptures... We try to get, we're trying to get the Spirit, which is 100% righteous, and cannot be tarnished. You actually can't mess it up. This is, this is not something that is, I guess, able to get dirty. And how do we know that? It's, it's because in the scripture, it says the Holy Spirit is sealed in you. That term sealed is saying, it's not leaving, it's a sign that something else is coming, but a seal also means it's, it's sealed, it's protected. The, the God in you, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and there are scriptures that talk about each of those being in you, they're all here in you. And in this class, we're going to try to discover what that actually means and how powerful that is, and why it should not be a jump to believe that you can hear from God, because God is in you, if you have asked God to be in you. So, I don't want to assume anything, that this is something that is necessary to do. God needs your permission. He will not override your soul, your mind, will, and emotions, and take you over. It's something that If you haven't done, I recommend that you say, God, I give you permission to live in me. I want your spirit to live in me. Something I wanted to talk about today is a bit about the the Holy Spirit, because there is some disagreement as far as how the Holy Spirit comes into you. I look at, I'm going to look at three verses right now about how we get the Holy Spirit into us. Some will say that the Holy Spirit comes in when you ask Jesus to come into your life. Some will say that you need to ask the Holy Spirit separately to come in, and it's a separate person of the Trinity. And I'm going to read you three different verses, and you'll see that either of these viewpoints could be valid. The first verse is from Acts 2.38. And Peter said to them, this is on the day of Pentecost, Repent, and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Repent, be baptized in the name of Jesus for the remission of your sins, and you'll receive the Spirit. Luke eleven thirteen. 13, now this is Jesus speaking. This is, this is on, at the end of one of his parables. If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? So now we've got Jesus saying He will give the Holy Spirit if you ask. Acts 5.32, we've got Peter speaking again, and he says, And we are his witnesses to these things, and so also is the Holy Spirit, whom God has given to those who obey him. Now we've got the Holy Spirit who's given to those who obey him. This is the way I see it. If there's a doubt, it can't hurt to ask. Wherever you are, doctrinally, we've got evidence in the scripture, if you don't have the ability to hear from God, if it feels like it's blocked, it could very well be that something else is blocking it, but it could also be that this is not something that you've invited into your life. And Jesus clearly says that God gives the Holy Spirit to those who ask him. If there's a question, it just takes a bit of humility to ask. There's, there's, there's no downside to it as I see it. So with that, I want to take a pause right now and just do a little bit of business with God. Let's listen to God. And I want you to listen for the question, how could I hear from you better? God, how could I hear your voice at, a, at the next level? I There's evidence in my life that I have heard from you, but I want to hear more. Part of what we do in this class specifically is we pause and we listen for God to speak to us. And it shouldn't surprise us that many of us experience God's voice, it sounds a lot like our own thoughts. And so we become very cynical, saying it sounds just like my own thoughts. Looking at this diagram, you could see why it probably would sound like your own thoughts. God lives in you and would therefore use your physical and soul, mind, will, emotions to communicate with you. Now, I know some people who have heard from God, and it's like an audible voice. In my experience, that's unusual. Most people hear from God. It seems like your own thoughts, kind of a nudge. God is working through your gut, your emotions, your heart, your soul, your will, and your mind. God's communicating to you. It may be something that goes against your logic. We are used to being very soulish focused on mind, will, and emotions. Many of us have not nurtured the spirit in us. All of our schooling, all of our training, be very good at what you do, is not focused on listening to God. It's focused on, as far as being a surgeon, practicing, being very good, doing it, oh, you made a mistake, do it again. You're figuring out how to do it the best and get along in this world how the world works, and so the, the soulish tends to be survival, tends to be this world system getting it to work, and in this class, what we're going to ask questions, is it possible that we can actually get things to work better if we listen, and if we're able to hear the spiritual, the still small voice that we hear about in scripture, who heard the still small voice? Elijah, thank you. So like the like the people in Scripture, they're there for as examples to us that this, this is supposed to be us. And as we meditate on the as we meditate on the words of God, we get the spiritual things to come into our heart, into our emotions, and then up into our mind. But it doesn't happen automatically. Automatically, the Spirit of God is in us. But our habits are what we've learned and what we've trained ourselves over and over. And we need to meditate, and meditation is essentially just reviewing. So I want you to think about the things that you meditate on. If you worry, you meditate. We're all very good at it. It's rumination, it's going over and over in your mind. What you think is probably the worst possible scenario. And we're going to try to shift and ask God what he thinks of the situation. So we're going to try to get used to looking over here to the spiritual to say, what is God saying? And get that to override essentially what the world is telling us. And that's the message we're getting from Scripture. So I'm going to stop. I want let's At least one minute, I want you to think just on your own. God, what are you saying to me? What is blocking me hearing from you, and being more spiritual. Uh, and then, uh, if, if you need to invite the Spirit of God in, if you need to invite Jesus in, please take time and do that now as well. We want to make sure we're all tuned up. I'll give you a minute of silence. Uh, we are uh, capable of discerning the kind of things that God would say and the kind of things that He wouldn't say. So if you'd like to discuss, let's, uh, let's, let's chat about that now. We're not, Jesus was not afraid of us making a mistake about hearing his voice. He said, my sheep hear my voice and they follow me. He, he was convinced that you, as his sheep, with his spirit living in you, would hear his voice and would be able to follow. So we don't, we don't want to be afraid of being deceived, but that's why we talk about things as well. So I'm going to give you a couple minutes just to chat now. All right, I want, to, I want to cover a few more things just to, I think it's important to understand God's plan for the human being. What are we supposed to be like, look like? What is, what is life supposed to be like for us? If we look back in Ezekiel, well, if we went last week, we were back with Adam and Eve, kind of looking at the, at the creation. What happened back there? And where things, what was God's intention, that man would have this dominion, that man and woman together were going to be like God, having dominion, things didn't go as planned. So something was lost, and essentially what was lost was the spiritual connection to God. Maybe you would even say the ability to hear God's voice, it became much more difficult, the voice that everyone started hearing was Satan's voice. The first thing that God says is, Who told you you were naked? They're hearing other voices. They're hearing the enemy's voice. It says, We were afraid. Where does all this fear come from? They're just clearly hearing the voice now of the enemy. By the way, I believe that Satan is also full of fear. Full of fear. That's why he loves to pass it on to you. He knows his doom is sure, he's trying to delay it, but he is absolutely full of fear. And that's why as we fear, we sort of nurture that connection with God's enemy. I want you not to have fear, I want you to live in faith.